the way the kingdom works is I would love it <clears throat> if the kingdom of God and our journey as disciples was a linear curve like that or a linear line that every day things just got a little easier. But the nice part about going on a slow, a slow curve is that I can always see what's ahead of me because it's a low slope like that, right? We have this place, I, I have a motorcycle and there's this road down here by the river and whenever I go, because the, the knoll comes up and goes down so that when you're coming up to the hill, you can't see if there's anybody on the other side, somebody wandering over the center line, you know what happens, but I can't see them. So I'm always way over here on the shoulder because I can't see that lane. You see, that's how the kingdom is. The kingdom actually works more as steps. So you come up to this level and then you can see all of this level, but you get to the end of that step and the next step is up here, and you can't see up here. And so it takes the courage to be able to, to jump up to that level when you can't see what's at that level. And you know, I'll see that in the natural metaphor there. That creates uh, instability in us. It's a, it's a fearsome thing that is on the inside of us that prevents us oftentimes from having the hope naturally speaking, to have the hope that things are gonna get better, that things are going to move forward, that the dream that God has in your heart even has the slightest potential of coming to pass. Because you can only see it going so far because it only goes so far on this level. Can I tell you, that's why conferences are important. You know, we put an enormous amount of energy into what we do conference time. And we have several of them, as you know, we, we, almost nobody we know was in the pulpit for the entire month of September coming up to the, or October, I forget what it was, coming up to the fall conference because we needed to get the acceleration towards what was going to be happening with us as God brings us up now to the, to the next level when it comes to this sonship teaching or understand what it means to be a transcendent human being, which is what God intended for every one of us to be. And so when you're moving towards it, the key, the key reality, and let me go to my message, the key understanding is that it is normal for us to face that insecurity that we feel when the, the path in front of us is no longer well lit. We become... Um, what, what happens to us is, as human beings, it's very important to us as we are walking, for example, that I can see what is ahead of me as I walk. And as we become Christians for a while, <clears throat> we kind of get a pretty good idea of what's ahead of us as we walk. And so we live our lives a particular way, we govern ourselves a particular way, we make decisions a particular way. We can kind of see forward, especially as the Holy Spirit leads us, we can see forward a ways. And it's very comfortable for us to continue walking with God because we can see forward a wee bit. It's much the same as if you're walking along an unfamiliar path and you know, maybe you're, you know, you're somewhere where you don't know and you have your GPS on and your GPS is guiding you <coughs> and showing you where you're going. And then all of a sudden, what happens when your GPS shuts off? Now you're, you don't have no idea where you are. I don't know, I don't, I don't, you know, I remember one time Tina and I were going somewhere and we both sit in the car, we're already driving down the street, we've left the house and we haven't got a clue where we're, I don't know which way I'm going, north, south, east, or west. 
And I just, you know, you're, in the olden days, you had to print off, you know, remember triptychs and stuff like that? And you had big maps and all those type of things. You used to spend, as the guy, you would spend three or four days in preparation for the trip. You had to remember the markers that they would do and you'd do da 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 And you'd follow this. Now we don't, we don't do that anymore. What we do now is we get, you know, we're sort of down the end of the street before we say, oh, where's the address? And I pull up the email on my address and I find where the hotel or the location is, whatever, punch it into my GPS and zip de doo da I can now see what my next step is. Imagine it shuts off. Imagine you're in the mountains somewhere in, in, in Kentucky and all of a sudden now there's no GPS. How would that make, see, that's the problem that we face when we are walking with God is because this, we, it's not a linear line like that of increase and increase and increase. It's a step like this. So much so that when you get to that spot, you're, it's a little nerve wracking when you come and all you can see is what's right here. And God's saying, jump. <laughs> That's a real spot, and I, how can I tell you another way, but that's a real place. Yeah. But can I tell you, what, what I wanted to talk to you about today was, remember we're talking with me, we're talking about being a superhero. I don't have my cape today, but can you all still see me in my cape? Yes, sir. Can I tell you, superheroes are not about, you're not a superhero because you have superpowers. Mm-hmm. Everybody has superpowers. Everybody has this amazing gift on the inside of them that causes them to excel. Just naturally speaking, you have superpowers. Some of you are more creative. Some of you are great at math. Some of you are great with your hands. Some of you are great with your mind. Some of you are great with music. Some of you with painting. Some of you with business. Others with education. Others with politics, whatever. You have this gift, this ability that makes you transcendent in your humanity. And everybody has those. And then because we are Christians now, now we have, maybe as natural people, we have powers. As kingdom people, we have superpowers. Because those abilities, those gifts, are now empowered by the Spirit of God who lives on the inside of you, who guides us into the truth, and the truth causes us to be like, more and more like Jesus every day. And when people would encounter Jesus, they would go like, what manner of man is this? Or they would say with Paul, as he was doing the different things, miracle things, he says, one of the gods, you know, the mythology kind of thing, one of the gods have come down and taken on human, because they were operating in what we know as these super, superhuman powers, right. because of the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us. But can I tell you, superpowers don't make you a superhero. Can I tell you what makes you a superhero? the courage to use those superpowers. It's a very difficult thing, you know, it's probably one of the hardest messages today that I've probably ever taught, is coming to the place as a human being where we recognize that we live in a society, and because of that, because I'm trying to cast a little bit of blame away from myself here, We live in a society that isn't really good at developing courageous people. You know, I was praying about this a couple of weeks ago. I was just going through something in my own personal life. And the Lord said to me, he says, Ian, you're being a coward. Let's stay at the Lord. (laughs) And so it kind of took me on this journey 
of uh, discovery, the whole concept, like when I heard that, I said, Lord, have you got the right email here? <laughs> and so I, and I took a really good look at what was going on and what I was feeling and all of these type of things, and I recognized, you know, it takes us a while to catch up to the automatic response, God, you're right. But as I'm thinking it through, I'm recognizing, I say, what do you mean that, I, that I'm acting like a coward? He's not calling me a coward. He's just saying, in this specific situation, you're acting like one. And he said to me, he said, it's very easy. What we call courageous in our world is usually that we do all of our research and we figure out where we're going to go and how we are going to get there. And then we go saying that it was courageous that I went. Do you know that we, what you can do now? You can go and, you know, if, you've, if you're going to Gulu, for example, and you want to go and you're going to visit with, with Reynolds and Kathy, for example, I can Google Earth and go right into the doorstep of where I'm going to go. I can go and have a look at Entebbe Airport. I can go along the street. I can look at what's going on. I can literally pull up a, a picture of the building that I'll be, and I can do all that before I even leave home. 20 years ago, you would go to Africa. You wouldn't know if anybody was going to be there for you. <laughs> it's true. I, I, I friends of mine true. who went there to preach at a crusade, and they'd sent money over and the whole deal, and then they got there, and there was nobody there. Everything had been, was gone. And they were sitting there with return tickets in a month. We don't have to do that anymore. Now we've got all this ability to see way forward on things. We, have, we can analyze everything. You're going to pick a hotel somewhere. You can go in and take a look at what that hotel looks like, 360 degree view of what that's going to be like to stand in that bed. You can, which is how we, this is how we, but the problem, that's all wonderful. Technology is wonderful in that area, but it causes us to not be able to move forward unless I can see clearly where I'm going. And we lose the, this thing called courage. And the Lord said to me, he said, Ian, courage is going forward even if you don't have the understanding of how it's going to turn out. Yeah. You know, yesterday we, in Canada, we celebrate, I think you guys do in the United States as well, the November the 11th. You know, we celebrate Remembrance Day and it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. You know, 11-11, thank you for the... But try and put you, I do that when I watch movies. You know, I have this say, the saying, you know, that with my kids, I'm, I, you see these shows every now and again, and it's like World War II kind of shows, and there's a bunch of these guys in the mud, you know, in the trenches. And then this one guy down the end of the, the road, you know, there's bullets flying and bombs flying, there's noise and racket and muck and just chaos. And then the guy down the end of the, the road, the end of the line there says, okay, let's go. And I'm thinking, you're stinking crazy. I'm not going out there. But they, but they, up they go. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, would I do that? Like, would I be able to go? Like, I'm not, I, you know, get, if you can get something out of this as I ramble, then I'm glad. But I'm trying to look at myself and say, you know what, God, is there, am I, am I a coward? Am I? Or am I, a, would you call me a coward? Well, she already did call me a coward, but am, am I a coward or a courageous person here? And, it not, and, and we can own it a little bit because we, we live in a culture that doesn't develop it well. You know, it's just not something that we do well. 
in our culture compared to what was going on only a few years ago where hundreds of thousands between our two nations got on planes and went to fight not knowing how it was going to, the pictures, the pictures told them a lot of the guys that are getting on the plane aren't getting off. They're not coming home, but they went anyways. And we celebrate, what are we celebrating? We're celebrating, these guys are superheroes. These guys have a, there's a, there's a courage that's on the inside of these people, not just to fulfill every desire of theirs, but to get on a plane and go forward, even though not only did, were they not sure that it might cost them their life, there was a high probability that it's gonna cost them their life. I can imagine getting on a roller coaster, like I need to know the track record of that roller coaster. I need to know that 100% of the people who get on the roller coaster get off the roller coaster. If only one person got thrown from that roller coaster, how many of you would get on it? See, there's, some of you, of course, would. But no, no, I'm serious about that because, you know, some of the times we need to be able to look at this and say, you know what, am I truly a courageous person? Because from, for all of what we're doing right now, when we are looking now, we've got through these 10 years and we're looking forward to another 10 years, maybe another 990 years, what we're really calling upon ourselves right now to do is take a, take, buy a ticket for another journey. We're kind of coming through now. God is saying all these wonderful things. Ooh, your ceiling is coming open. Doorways are open. Setting sail for new horizons. And oh, it sounds so romantic. But we all know that that is also a price. It's also something that we have to say, you know what, courageously, I'm locking my hands to this because God is calling me forward and he's not necessarily giving us what it's going to look like 990 years from now. He said, Hallelujah. Uh, how many of you know who A.A. A. Milne is? You should. He wrote the books Winnie the Pooh. And he said this, he said, it's hard to be brave. This is quoting, this is Winnie the Pooh speaking here. He said, it's hard to be brave when you're only a very small animal. And that's how many of us feel as we are moving forward and, and continually stepping into the things that God has for us, that we can feel very small, we can feel very afraid because of who, who, how small we are as people. And the key to being victorious, I believe, as we'll talk to today, is in the ability to know that you are not just some small little animal, you're not just some mere human being, that on the inside of you, as we begin to learn more and more and more what it means for the Spirit of God to be empowering us from the inside out, we can achieve great levels of courage in order to do great things for God simply because we know that we are not some small little animal. Eric, I'm just gonna read you a bunch of the quotes that I found. It's amazing some of the, uh, you know, maybe I should say it this way. I, I don't know that I feel qualified today to share this message with you, so I'm gonna share a lot of quotes uh, from other people who I hope are qualified to share some wisdom with us. Everyone has a superpower. What's rare is the courage to follow it even to the dark places where it leads. How many of you know that following God, you know, I'll tell you the story of this, of this building. I'll tell you the part that you all know. When we were, uh, when we were in, in the middle of the program of building this building, uh, we didn't have anything in our account. As many of you know, I, I hear, I, I quote, you can quote me with this to say, we had $100 in our bank account and this building cost us one and a half million dollars just to buy it. Then another $400,000 in order to renovate it to look not like that, but what it looks like today. 
And, uh, but there's, a, there's another page to this story. Uh, the, the, the page that maybe you have not heard is that when we purchased the bill, we made an agreement with the guys who sold it to us. They used to, they're a bingo company. And they used to have, this was their flagship building. This is the only building they ever built. They have 27 buildings that they operate bingo out of, and this is the only one they ever built. Um, and so this was their flagship building. If you know anything about the technology that's in this building, it's a very special building in the way that it was designed. Um, but anyways, we made the deal with those people. When we went to our lawyer in order to sign the deal, and he had, had a bunch of the things that he had to do to transfer ownership, one of the pieces of paper that he asked us to sign was a piece of paper that said that as our lawyer, he has told us that what we were doing is completely foolish. And we're, he wanted our signature on a piece of paper saying, I told you not to do this because of your, you know, you had a small congregation and all of these type of things that are going on. So that's the first level. How many of you would like to be at a closing meeting when you're <laughs> signing over the property and your, lo- your lawyer, not somebody else's lawyer, your lawyer tells you what you're doing is stupid and I need you to acknowledge that I have told you what you're doing is stupid. But you see, what happened to us is because we're, we're trying not to be stupid, obviously. I don't think anybody tries to be stupid. I guess I should qualify myself there. But when, when, the, when, when Duncan, the fellow that works for the bingo company, came to, me, came to us, called me the one morning, and I think you've heard, all heard this story, called me up on the phone one day. We had been working for months and months and months in the past to try and work out how we can transfer this building and start having our church here, and that all fell apart. And then on July the 1st that year, he called me on the phone and says, hey, can you have coffee? And so we sat down with coffee, and he basically laid out the deal for us about how, we could, how they could do it in a way that works for us, and it was just a miraculous, if you know the story. Uh, a miraculous situation. Then 30 days from now, July 31st of 2007, is when we, when we signed over. This was the day that the lawyer made us sign that, sign that form. What you, the sto- part of the story that you don't know, or you may not know, some of you may know, uh, on Sept- how many of you remember September 15th of 2008? Anybody that ha- you have, if you have stocks, you will remember that date. That was the date that Shearson Lehman, a.k.a. American Express, went broke. Uh, and the whole world financially collapsed. Now, what we had done when we purchased the building is we had committed to very aggressive mortgage payments uh, in order to try and get as much of the building paid off as we possibly could. Uh, and so you can all tell what, how this story is going to go. How many of you know me and Duncan got to be really, really good friends over the next number of months? Because I had to call him repeatedly and change our commitments about what we were going to do for paying the mortgage. This was a very difficult season for us as a ministry. Uh, something to do with courage that says, first you have courage to hear God, as we did. Right? I could take you to the lamppost over there, right by the parking lot, right in front of the fort, right by the water. And I, you know, because he told, Duncan said at the beginning, here's the deal, you have till nine o'clock tomorrow morning to tell me if you want to do it or not. And so I said, okay, Lord, I know that there's as many good reasons to buy this building as there are bad reasons to buy this building. And so I went for a walk, stood in front of this, and I'm walking up to that lamppost. A couple of them have been knocked down. This one has not been knocked down yet. But right underneath that lamppost, the Lord said to me, make your best deal, I'm with you. You see, it's it's amazing when you hear God. But you have to have the courage then to continue walking with God because just because you hear God, how many of you know God knew Shearson Lehman was gonna go broke? 
How many God knew that there were these nasty things called derivatives that people had been doing for years and years, and he knew that. But you know, he says, make your best deal, I'm with you. So it, what it meant was, and this is where sometimes we, if we want to change the world, if we want to do great things for God, we have to realize that there are seasons when you've got to pull it together and you've got to have the courage that it takes to continue with what you have heard from God. Just because you have heard from God doesn't mean everything is going to be sweet and peachy keen. How do you know that? Well, when Jesus in Luke chapter 22, Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. Do you know what it says in the next scripture? It says, and an angel came and strengthened him. Do you know what it says in the next scripture? It says, because Jesus was experiencing so much agony, he began to sweat blood. Now, he had followed God. He knew this was the plan of God for his life, but he he stepped into that place where there was so much that word agony is talking about mental and emotional torment, anguish, despair, is what that word means. Even though he had stepped in, he knew this was the plan of God for his life, he stepped in and the angels helped him, they strengthened him, is what the word says. This is Luke 22, something, 40, something. And when, 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 even though he had done that, he steps in and he is still, even though he's been strengthened by the Spirit of God, he still is experiencing and has to, has to pull it together to be able to step forward into the plan and purpose for God. So much of what goes on in the kingdom today is saying to us, well, Jesus paid the price so that I won't have to. Jesus has courage so that I can be a coward, basically. Is that, does that sound like it might be New Testament? Right, that's not what the scripture is talking about. Jesus endured his cross and said that, that in order for us to be successful, to, that we lose our lives, we have to carry our cross. Right. We have a purpose. You have the steps that you have to walk between here and the destiny that God is calling you to. As you step through those places, we have to become skillful at being courageous people stepping forward into the plan and purpose of God, even when one, we don't want to, like Jesus was here, right? Jesus was not a masochist. He was not looking to be tortured. Jesus was following the plan of God. He got a glimpse of what was about to happen to him, and the, it was creating so much torment in him that he, the, the, the stress made his pores burst. I, there's a term, medical term. Uh, some of the doctors here can help me with those. But the medical, there is a condition of being so much in agony and torment that your, the blood vessels burst and he sweat blood. But the, but the example for us then is being able to look at some of these experiences and become skillful ourselves. Now, I trust that none of us will be in that place where we're going to be so tormented that we are going to be sweating blood. But what God is saying to us is that there is a, there is a level of courage that is outside of our ability to understand every facet about what we are about to commit to before we will commit. And there's, a, there's, a, there's an epidemic in the kingdom today that says, I won't go, I won't do, I won't obey unless you can clearly lay out for me how this is going to work. So let me, let me just continue with some of these. A, sh a ship is safe in harbor, but that's not what ships are for. 
And so that's a lot to do with our lives. You know, we're safe and sound. You know, we're, you know, you can just sort of live inside of this environment of being a Christian and never actually go and, you know, lose sight of the shore in order to find out what is out there. That takes courage. Scared, that was John Shedd. Emma Donahue says this, scared is what you're feeling. Brave is what you're doing. Right? When you're talking about feelings are based on, the feelings of fear are based on perceptions. Those perceptions are built on how we saw the world as we lived it in years past. When we perceived certain things, like, you know, there's a spider in a movie one time, so now for the rest of my life, I'm afraid of spiders. It was my perception of me being Winnie the Pooh, some little animal against this big, huge spider. So now for the rest of my life, I'm afraid of spiders. Well, the fear that you feel when you are in the presence of a spider, and let me say, these are silly examples, but you can find your own self in any of these stories. When we find that perception of fear on the inside of us, we have to know how to push through those. Even, um, uh, who said it? Plato said it somewhere in here. Courage is knowing what not to fear. Right? When you're, when you're faced with a fear or when you're faced with a reason that I should hesitate, procrastinate, where I should back up, then knowing, being able to possess the knowledge that says that I've, there's no reason that I should be fearing that thing or at least be able to step up and say this feeling that I have, this, this insecurity or this feeling of fear that I have is based on a bad perception because the Bible says that, the, that God is with me. The Bible says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. The Bible says that, that he holds me in the palm of his hand. Yes. And so the truth that, I'm, that I need wasn't there when I perceived what I perceived in the past that is giving me the fear that I now have in the present. Does everybody understand that? So what I have to be able to do is I have to be able to stand in the face of what I presently feel as fear and overcome that fear with the word of God, the truth of the word of God. It doesn't feel, I can remember in 2008 when all that was going on, it didn't feel like we were gonna survive as a ministry. It really didn't feel like it. And we had all kinds of things happening at that time. A lot of people had joined the congregation. You know, now we're the big fancy church on the main drag. And there's a whole bunch of people that are coming to church at that time. And there's all of that going on congregationally as there's a lot, you know, you can imagine if you were back then, there was a lot that we were trying to deal with as well as all of these financial things were going on in the background. You're trying to make the mortgage payment and keep the lights on and all of this so that when you show up on Sunday morning, everything is, wow, it's awesome here. And then Monday morning, we go back to figuring out how to keep the lights on and keep the water running. That, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's not that that, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, don't feel sorry for us. Please don't do that. Learn from the message that says, oftentimes it takes courage in order to step into this. And then once you've stepped into it, you have to keep building yourself with the courage that you need to keep going. Can I tell you what the th what's the third highest reason that, that adolescents lose their lives these days? Do you know what it is? Suicide. It's very, it's, you know, can I tell you something? It's, it's a level of courage to die. There's a much higher level of courage often to, to stay alive and to keep fighting. You know, that's where we, every single one of us are able to say, you know what, God, you've given us this example. This is a hard message, I understand. But for us to take on the, the pursuit now of the next 10 years, the next 100 years, the next 1,000 years of where we are going, 
in order to do the things that we very pompously say we're going to do, I'm going to change the world with the greatest church in the galaxy, that's wonderful, but it takes courage. It's going to take courage for every one of you to pursue God and get the things done that God is asking you to get done. For some of you, courage means you go back to school. For some of you, God, courage means that you, you commit at a place that you're not, willing, you're not comfortable committing. For you, courage may be to just go to God and say, God, not my will, but thine be done. There is levels of courage that every single one of us are being called into. Realizing that if you don't lose your life, I believe that's this moment where you're like literally your life is being poured out of you. How many of you, can, does anybody else in here have any familiarity with that feeling? Of when you literally, you feel like it's a good thing I'm, I'm sewed in on the bottom half of me or else it would be pouring out on the floor right now. See, that feeling is common. Even Jesus went through that. And he gave us the clues. The Old Testament gives us the clues that we need to begin to live a life that says, I'm going to develop myself in courage. Nelson Mandela said this, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Napoleon Bonaparte said this, courage isn't having the strength to go on. It's going on when you don't have the strength. Uh, Waldo Emerson said this, to map out a course of action and follow it to an end requires the same courage that a soldier needs. Peace has its victories, but it takes brave men and women to win them. Christopher Paolini said, the, the real courage is in, is in living and suffering for what you believe. John Wayne, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyways. Martin Luther says, all we, we all need people, oh no, this is just something the Lord said to me. We, are all, we all need people around us who are braver than we are. Remember Jesus when he said, could you not pray with me for an hour? Right? He needed their bravery in order to get through. He could, or let's say this, he would have benefited from their bravery. So what we do is we surround ourselves with people who are sacrificing more than us, who are giving more than us, who are making greater commitments than us. Because what they do is they give us a little bit of a glimpse down the road to say, well, if they can do that, then I can do that too. I can be one of those people that stand in the face of my demons, my levels, my problems, my issues, my challenges, my persecutions, my tribulations, my temptations, and I can be that person that says, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue moving forward. I don't know how to take the next step. I can't see where I'm going, but I'm going to at least take a, I'm going to just keep moving forward. I'm just going to keep moving forward. Sometimes standing against evil is more important than having the surety of defeating it. This is Andy Wilson. The greatest heroes stand because it is right to do so, not because they believe they will walk away with their lives. Such selfless courage is a victory in itself. When we come, I, I have this same feeling every time I go through Remembrance Day. It's some, for some reason, it is such a meaningful time of thanksgiving in my life to say the thank yous, maybe because I've studied the world wars and I've, you know, you can get a glimpse of what these people must have lived through to give us the world that we so, so, you know, wonderfully enjoy with our families. 
But when you're dealing with that level of courage, that ability to step onto that airplane, that ability to enlist, that ability to come out of the ability to come out of that trench and fight, that's an extraordinary strength. It's an extraordinary ability. Now we're not being called to fight wars. We're not to take up arms. We're not being called to do those type of things. But God is asking you to do something. He is asking you to take a greater step. He is asking you to stand at your crossroads as you will stand every single day. And there is an easy way to go and there is a challenging way to go. And God is saying, he's asking us as a congregation to say, you know what? We're gonna take another 10 years. We're gonna sign up. We're gonna enlist again. We're gonna set ourselves to this journey. We're gonna set ourselves to the plan and the purpose of God. And we're just not going to quit. We're just gonna keep on working. We're just gonna keep on going. Courage, this is something else the Lord said to me. He said, courage only matters when something matters. You know, what we're doing here at Victory Matters, what we're doing in in the lives of even people we haven't met yet on the other side of those cameras, maybe in the person sitting next to you, that, that each one of our lives are being used by God to forward his purpose in the earth. Just think about that for a moment. When you read through the Old Testament, you're reading through the stories of people who God used to, to fulfill his plan in the earth. And what God did with those stories is he wrote them down in the Bible. Now we don't add further things to the Bible about your life, about your sacrifice, about your commitment, about your victories, about your challenges. But can I tell you something? The Bible is clear that those things that you are going through, those places where you pull on the heart of God and and encourage yourself in the Lord and continue moving forward with the plan and purpose that he's given you, those things are written down just the same. That's kind of the scripture that I'm stuck on in Matthew. He said, whoever gave up, whoever sacrificed these things for my sake, God's talking about. What's he saying? Well, you know, sacrifice, commitment, Those are things that take courage. It causes us to step into that place of of anxiety until I get victory over the fear that created the anxiety. That doesn't mean that I don't step into it. It doesn't mean that the cause is not worth the price. It doesn't mean that I should shrink back from it and, and allow myself to continually choosing the easy path. Instead, I really want to be one of those people. I want this ministry to set a standard where we would say, you know what, God, we're going to continue fighting for your purposes in the earth. We're going to continue fighting for what we believe to be the right answer. You know, when we're standing uh, in a culture like ours where the things that we believe and and the decisions of our lives and the way we live, they're not particularly popular things in our culture. People think that the ways of God and the ways of, you know, Christianity and these type of things are not positive things and for us to be able to say you know what God I know this is right I know that this is what you're doing I know that this is what you want me to do with my life I know that this is good and I know it's going to change the world and in spite of the difficulty in spite of the torment in spite of the persecution in spite of all of those things I am going to continue moving Put your hand over your heart and say this with me. I'm sorry that I'm not pumping you up today. But sometimes I think it just is is so important for us to realize what it takes in order to do the things God is calling you to do.
Every one of you are here because you sense God is calling you to greater things. Let me just read the one that's way back in my notes here. But I have so many scriptures that I want to share with you, but I, I rambled a bit, a bit too much today. pages of quotes. I didn't copy it down. So put your hand over your heart and say this with me. Say, Lord, I'm like Jesus. I want to continue with the plan of God for my life. No matter which way it takes me, I've already decided that Jesus, you paid the highest price for me. So it is my desire to use my life for Christ's sake. And I know that takes courage on many levels. The first courage is that I make a commitment that I'm making today. I know you're leading me forward. I know you're calling me to do things that in my natural self are uncomfortable. But I know it's you. So it's with all of my heart that I make the commitment to follow you, to follow your leading. And Holy Spirit, I know it's taking me to a new level. So I need your help to overcome all the fear that will, that will present itself in my life as I follow this, this path. Holy Spirit, I know fear is based on deception. And Jesus said, your ministry in my life is to reveal truth. Truth overcomes fear. So Holy Spirit, I'm giving you full permission. Minister truth to me in times of fear, empowering me to overcome every obstacle. In Jesus' name, amen.